welcome to Free Ministry Night. Welcome to 2022. If this is your first time here that we are doing these Monday at uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern every Monday. And um, the last Monday of the month is when we'll do personal prayer. There's, there's a private Zoom link. Victoria, good to see you. Um, there's a private Zoom link, and you'll be able to hop on that Zoom link and join, come up as a panelist, and we'd love to pray for you, pray with you. We've had some awesome uh, opportunities come up um, to pray with people over the last two months or so. First one we did was in uh, August. First ministry night we did was in August, and then... Um, went well, put a pause on it, came back to it in November, felt like the Lord was saying, do it again. So we kept doing it through the end of the year, and um, and we took the last Monday of the year off uh, to try and spend time with family and uh, rest and reset and um, decided that a couple changes were necessary as we came into the new year. Um, my name is TJ Loeffler. I'll just give a quick background. Um, this is your first time watching. Um, or maybe not your first time, but you just don't have this background. I was sharing a little bit earlier today on Instagram um, how I spent uh, a number of years. I came out of school and um, was working on Wall Street and then grew my relationship with Jesus, and that really changed me. So I left at an untimely um, but, <laughs> when, um I had a promotion in front of me, and God said, hey, it's time to go. So I left and went through a lot of loss, and uh, I went through a lot of healing. Uh, lost financially, lost personally in my family. Um, went through a lot of loss and, and things that I'd never really allowed myself to experience in the past. And, uh, and that journey over the course of the last six years or so, that journey of going through loss, um, suffering, but, you know, and we all have suffering in our own ways. It was suffering for sure. But really the confronting of suffering, I'd never allowed myself to experience. Um, and going through the healing process, the changing process, the growing process, um, what in the church you'd also know as sanctification, but also in the world, um, I believe there's this other thing happening that is sanctification, but it's in a practical sense of really just taking ownership over your life, taking personal responsibility for the choices you're making, getting healthy in the mind, getting healthy in your body, getting healthy um, in your soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And so uh, that's been a journey for me. And, and out of that journey has, uh, has been a calling to, um, in many ways, help other people heal, change, and grow. And so I've been doing private life, life coaching since 2016. Uh, there was a lot of fear before I entered that whole thing. Um, a lot of fear in terms of just, you know, identity, who I am, um, whether that would be received, uh, being a young person at the time, um, feeling like there was a lot of inadequacy, uh, knowing that I was going through my own journey, all these things, you know, whether, you know, how to start a business, all of these things, very daunting, very overwhelming, and um, and God's provided. So over the last about six years, yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's just provided, and, and throughout that journey, uh, have worked with a lot of great people and um, and we've seen a lot of amazing things happen and and in large part it's really just us doing our part and and God showing up 
And so if you're here tonight, I really believe that that's, that's what's going to happen for you. Um, is you're doing your part, you know, by being here, by being hungry and saying, you know what, I'm hungry and I want to be fed the things that are going to help me become the person I know I can be. And God will show up. Uh, I once heard that if you do the natural things, God can do the supernatural things. And I think it's, um, it's, it's not that God can't do the supernatural things if you don't do the natural things, but I think it's more to the point of uh, he explicitly said in the Bible, he wants us to be good stewards and he shows us examples of that over and over again. And one of the ways we're good stewards is just by doing our part. And, um, and he shows up even when we can't, he shows up uh, even when we can't do our part, but you being here tonight and listening um, wherever you're joining from that is doing your part. And honestly, me showing up here, that's my part too. Right. So uh, I'm just going to pray and, uh, and then we'll get started. We're talking about the idea of intentions tonight, and it's relevant to the topic of New Year's and focus for the year and all of those things. I sent out a message earlier, um, might have been earlier this week, late last week, and I was just sharing about the idea of intentions and how you can make it really simple as you think about your new year. You don't have to overcomplicate it. I've spent 10, 12 hours with people breaking down their year and helping them get clear and reflecting on the past year and focusing on the next year and how do you kind of align yourself and all these things. And those are good things. And there's a time and place for it. But I think for most people, you need to keep it simple. And when I say that, you need to just get clear on your direction and look at this year as an opportunity for reorientation. Now, reorientation is not in direction. It's not just a matter of what you choose to do in action, but it's also a matter of your intention or what's inward, what's in your heart. And that's what I want to talk about today is just getting right in your heart and your intentions and, and, and helping you understand what that means. This is important because a lot of people are struggling with other people's intentions, measuring other people's hearts. Um, and, and honestly, a lot of people are struggling because they're measuring the character of God against other people rather than going to God himself. So the idea of intentions is really important because, one, you're not the judge of character of other people's. Yes, we're called to be discerning and even to have judgment, but we are not the judge. God is the judge, and he measures our intentions. Letting that sit with somebody. You guys are watching. I'm just going to drop a few links in here. One of the links that I sent out is about staying connected. And...
Um, if you stay connected, you can receive a message or messages like the one I sent out earlier this week. I sent it out on January 1st. I'm reading from this now. Um, the idea was how to keep it simple this year. The question, do you need to be more intentional this year? My suggestion, try setting your intention for this year. Different than I will or I hope, the words I intend, we're talking practical, the words I intend acknowledge your personal responsibility to make it happen while also allowing flexibility when things don't go as planned. In Proverbs 16, 9, it says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. In other words, you don't know what tomorrow brings, and you can't say you will do something. You can't say with 100% confidence you will do something. In other words, there's an element that is out of your control. It's not in your control. We have to acknowledge that. At the same time, you can't hope for something you're not willing to work for. So instead of deciding you will do something or hoping for something to happen, set your intention. Okay, intention is one of the first things that we cover in our boot camp starting at the end of the month, and we call it our main thing. Okay, as you think about this year, you just want to think about, well, what's your main thing? Okay. When you name it, when you name your main thing, you'll be taking the first step to bring your thoughts and actions into alignment with this focus. And at the end of the year, if nothing else happened, you'll be able to look back and say, yep, I gave my time, energy, money, and attention towards that focus or intention this year. And these are the things I learned. Okay. Complexity creates unnecessary hurdles to things that are already challenging. So the point, the point for all those who are listening, the point, and I'm getting a message saying, wow, I plan to talk about setting intentions this week. Well, the point is to keep it simple and set your intention for the year. I intend to, and I gave a couple suggestions. I intend to, this year I intend to, my intention for this year is to. Now I got a lot of responses from that. As I said, hey, if you're still reading, Keep it simple. Take action right now. Just hit reply. Ask Holy Spirit to highlight what needs your attention this year. Let me know what your intention will be. Got a diff bunch of different responses of what people intend to do. Very interesting. But what I think is, is more interesting is not so much the intention. I, you know, one guy was like, I, I want to set up my business. I want to complete this and set up my business and have it up and running by the end of the year. He said, I intend to. And I think that's that's great. I think you also need to start smaller, especially if you're starting from zero. If I've learned anything, it's that uh, whatever you expect the timeline ought to be for things to happen, double it, triple it, uh, set that expectation. Start smaller. And other people will reply and they'll say, you know, I, I intend to be more like Jesus. And it's like, well, that's a great intention. I wonder uh, how you break that down into a little bit more application. And, you know, for me, what I wanted to talk about tonight, when I felt like the Lord was just highlighting very quickly before, before joining was uh, getting your heart right. So rather than thinking about all the things you could do this year and the idea of reorienting yourself, you know, I talk with a lot of people who are in that process of reorienting. I've, I've, I've been there. Um, we walked a lot of people through that process of reorienting and the long and short of it is they get to the point where they say, you know, I, 
something just has to change. Something's not working. I've tried to become the person I know I can be. It's not working. I'm not satisfied with my job or this relationship or that thing. And, you know, at, at the root of it, okay, so, you know, the root creates the fruit. At the root of it is something that is much deeper than just a job or a relationship. It's the heart. Okay. It's the heart. Uh, in other words, what comes out of a person is what defiles him or her. For from within, out of the heart of a man, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Now, you might not be living a life where you have things that you would explicitly name or label as evil. But you may be living a life where you fully recognize that the things in your life are not producing fruit of love, joy, peace, forbearance, patience, kindness, those things. And so you might say to yourself, well, something's not right. Even if I'm not explicitly uh, doing evil, you know, for example, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, uh, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, etc., those are those are a little bit more extreme, but think about like the lesser versions of those things. I mean, coveted, just think about coveting. Just think about jealousy and coveting. I mean, think about the world we live in in comparison and how many people have just come into silent agreement slowly with a desire to live a life that they're not leading from an unhealthy place or an impure motivation, right? An impure motivation, meaning it's not the life that God said you're to lead. It's the life that you want to lead out of your own flesh. And flesh is the remnant of sin in our lives. Sin is off the mark with the way that God's thinking and the way that God would be speaking and acting. And so when we think about, when we think about coming into alignment with God or becoming more like Jesus or becoming the person we know we can be living into that that identity, that God-given identity, identity, another word, way to think about that is how you see yourself and how you see the world around you as a reflection of that. And if you think about wanting to come into a place of stronger, more secure, confident identity, if you think about wanting to be a person who sets intentions, who can make changes to their life, but from that place of overflow rather than this lack or need of, um, of, you know, then trying to fill a void through things like coveting or those lesser versions of coveting, right? Comparison being one of them. Then you think about, well, where do you even begin? You, you begin with getting your heart right. When somebody comes, when somebody comes to me or comes to our team and says, hey, you know, I want to, I want to move across the country because I think that's the thing that I really need to do. And I've just delayed it for so long. And this is true stories. I mean, I've been there. I understand that. That might be the, the change in environment that might support the person you're becoming, but is it from the right motivation? Or are you just running? At the end of the day, if you're just running, you're going to go to bed on your head with your head on that pillow at night just running. And you're not going to have rest in your soul, even if you're in a totally different new environment. So do you desire a different location or do you desire rest in your soul? Two very different things. One's the fruit, one's the root.
And you can have fruit that visually looks appealing, but you can bite into it and it's rotten. So when it comes to intentions, we're not just talking about actions. We're talking about matters of the heart. We're talking about the root to the fruit in your life. We're talking about getting the heart right. So I was just asking the Lord, I said, Lord, and, I, and not only asking, I was actually looking up in the Bible. It's like, where is, where is it talking about intention? Just a few things came to mind. I'm not going to be going into extreme depth and detail, but Hebrews 4.12, I read you the Greek translation in English earlier, but it says Hebrews 4.12, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts or inner thoughts, and intentions of the heart. Okay, the word of God discerns our inner thoughts and intentions of the heart. The heart, and I thought this was interesting, the heart is mentioned throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament. That means you know pre-Jesus physical body here on earth and post-Jesus physical body here on earth. And the word of God is mentioned, I'm sorry, heart is mentioned throughout the word of God, which is the Bible. But it's never talking about the actual physical heart pump, like our heart in our physical body. It's talking about the inner man. Number of different other things, but in this specific example, it's talking about the inner man or the inner woman, the inner being. The word of God discerns the intentions or thoughtfulness of the inner man. In James 4, 3, I've had this happen a number of times for me. God has pointed me to this specific verse a number of times, especially when I've run into obstacles, roadblocks, and um, growing what is truly a ministry, but also a, a, you know, as a business. In, in helping people through life coaching. And I remember specifically a few years ago, and I was running into this roadblock, and he said, he showed me this first. I said, I don't fully understand what that means, God, because I, I think I have pure intentions. I'll read it to you. When you ask, you did not receive because you asked with wrong motives. When you ask, you did not receive because you asked with wrong motives. You've ever hit a roadblock, a wall in life with things that you're working towards, working on? Here's a key. Submit your work to God. Submit that thing to God. Say, God, I submit this to you. This is yours. I can't measure my own intentions of my heart. I can't measure my own motives of the heart. I can't judge them. You do. Psalms 44, 21, for he knows the secrets of the heart. Lord, you know the secrets of my heart. I don't. I'm trying to. I want to believe the best. I, I don't actually know them. I would like to know them, but only Holy Spirit can reveal those to me. I need you to help me, Lord. I need you to help me. So I hit up against this wall, not just once, twice, three times, 
And God kept pointing me back to James 4, 3. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Meaning, God and the Word of God specifically here, active and sharper than any two-edged sword, was discerning the thoughts and intentions in my heart, in my inner man. And what I've seen happen is he took a focus from making money to doing ministry. I was doing ministry before we called it ministry night. I would do ministry. I do do ministry, walking around the street, talking with people I know, talking with people we're working with. That is, there is ministry happening all the time. So it was confusing to me. It was confusing to me because I'm saying my actions show there is ministry happening all the time. What is going on with me? Why are you pointing me to James 4.3? Why are you pointing me to say, wait a second, you ask and don't receive because your motives. But Lord, the actions show I'm doing the thing all over the place. What he also showed me, discerning, is he showed me, but yeah, TJ, but you have a focus on this, on money. That's not bad. It's not bad to have a focus on money. But he was looking at the motives of my heart saying, can you actually do the thing that I've entrusted you to do regardless of whether you make money or not? And I wasn't even registering the word ministry, by the way, when this whole thing was going on. I wasn't registering, oh, it's money versus ministry. It's it was just to me, it was business. It was it was a business. And so uh, you you care for people, you do your job well, you really invest in yourself, in others, and you see have people see like what do you want me to do differently? The actions were showing. And then God. I'm out here on the street doing my thing, and it's not even out of a compulsion like I'm obligated to. It's out of my heart and compassion. So where is my motive? What is missing in my motive? And he showed me, he said, TJ, it's not about money. He's just, he's, he was starting to pull it out of me to just, just like Hebrews 4.12 says, piercing the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning thoughts and intentions of the heart. He was discerning just slowly, like slicing these fine lines that were getting mixed up or crossed. And he was saying, hang on, this is what it's really about. It didn't happen in like aha moment all at once. It happened slowly, little by little. And then all at once it started to make sense. I go, wow, this is actually a ministry. I do ministry. I do it all the time. This is a ministry I fully accepted God and has nothing to do with money. Seriously, like the, the idea of it, nothing to do with money. I was just like, oh, I needed to get that in my heart. I needed to get that in my inner being. I needed to get that from my spirit, being led by Holy Spirit, into my soul and my body, physical, physical body. Okay, it wasn't going to happen from my body to my soul to my spirit. 
No, because I want to be led by the Spirit, Holy Spirit, and therefore I needed it to happen from my spirit man or Holy Spirit guiding me into my soul, my mind, will, and emotions, and then allow my body to actually like fully accept that. In other words, there's no fear response. There's no physical fear response of like, oh yeah, if I do this thing, then that happens. And then my body starts to have a a mini panic or stress freak out moment. It It was something that had to be ingrained in me. But the only way the only way, and the and this is the best kind of visual that I have right now, is it's almost like it's almost like you're you're cutting the turkey for Thanksgiving. I've only made a turkey once. And uh, but I remember cutting the or twice. I remember cutting the turkey. You have to cut the skin to get what you need inside, and it just brings it so much like ah, brings all the flavor. You get the sage, you get the butter, all that stuff, but you have to separate the skin from the meat. It's almost like that. God had to use the knife to kind of separate the two things just gently because you can't do it. Otherwise, you'll rip it off. You got to just do it gently. And he had to put the good stuff inside. He had to put the stuff that's going to actually make that thing taste right, you know. And um, when it comes to when it comes to how God helps us develop in our lives, really, for me in this in this example, I think he was really he was really adding the flavor inside, right? He was really adding. He was like TJ, I have made you this way, and and you don't see it yet. I've also made you with this ability to be commercial. Yes, great, awesome. Don't need to go there. Don't need to talk about that. Don't need you to ignore that. Don't need you to put that away or say that's not who you are. All that, TJ, great. I made you that way. But what I'm focused on is this thing over here. It's like you can make the turkey and you can focus on all the other things that are important for making the turkey. But what God wanted to do was separate the skin from the meat so he could put the good stuff inside. All the other things are important. You know, the oven, the setting, the basting, all that stuff's important. And he's like, no, right now, here's what I'm discerning inside of you. I want to get the good stuff in. Will you let me? Do you trust me? And that's what's important about getting your heart right is you got to let God actually kind of do that that very precise work, especially when you're trying to live your life right. When you're trying to do, you're doing all the things that you feel are necessary, that you feel um, are, are just aligned with who he's made you to be. Uh, you've made commitments and choices that there are real sacrifices in. Uh, you've done the harder thing. Like when you're, it's it's way different when you're talking about somebody who's living in blatant sin, okay? I'm not talking about somebody who's living in blatant sin. It's like you go speak on stage and then you go, you know, do drugs, uh, get yourself drunk, uh, sleep around, all that stuff. I'm, I'm not talking about that person. I'm talking about somebody who is like genuinely trying to live a life of integrity and doing all the things and they're going, okay, God, what's missing? right? Like I'm, I'm trying what's missing. I'll give you a perfect example of, of people's, uh, misunderstanding, misunderstanding. This is really good for intentions. Okay. Many people will say, and I'm pausing because I want, I want you guys to take in what I'm saying before I move on to the next thing.
This one got me. It knocked me out for probably like a year. I was living under the weight of this. Uh, call it judgment. But a lot of people live by certain phrases that are not fully true. I, I know I'm, I've done it. I can't say, I can't point to one way I've done it. I know I've done it. I'm much better about it because I'm genuinely trying to live by what the Bible says, which is very discerning and <laughs> clarifies those things that are not totally true. Uh, one of those things that's not totally true that got me um, was how people will be able to really test you by not what you say, but by what you do. And it was this like, prove it to me through your actions idea. In theory, it sounds correct. Judge somebody not by what they say, by what, but by what they do. It sounds correct in theory. But actions are misconstrued. I heard this once, made a lot of sense to me. I'll share it with you. You can be speaking on stage in an audience full of people, before an audience full of people, and in the front row, you see a woman with her eyes closed. Judging by her actions, she's sleeping. Therefore, you can make a judgment about how much she cares for your message or even respects your presence. Until she finds you in the auditorium afterwards and tells you, how powerful your message was and how she spent most of the time sitting there with her eyes closed, praying for you because of how powerful that message was and how needed it was. Actions do not always measure somebody's intentions. You could stand there saying that person's sleeping. But meanwhile, they're praying. Only God knows our heart. We are limited by our perspective, our perspective about God, our perspective about other people, our perspective about ourselves. I shared with you just a minute ago about how I was limited in my perspective about myself. I couldn't discern, Lord, okay? 
I don't receive because my motives aren't right. But what do you mean? I'm doing the things. The actions show I'm doing the things and I'm doing it from what I believe is the right intention. But he wasn't concerned necessarily with what I know. He was concerned with what he knows. So I believe for somebody, God wants you to clarify your intentions based on what he knows, what he sees. He wants you to get your heart right. As you think about this year, as you think about your focus and reorienting, there's nothing wrong with setting goals. We're very much pro goals. There's nothing wrong with setting a a plan. We're very much pro plans. Uh, but when you think about setting your intentions, the root that will create the fruit of your life, you think about getting your heart right. And will you allow God to get your heart right? What does that mean? Your attitude, your inner being, inner thoughts. The things that you can really only see, hear, discern in his presence. The other day I was, I shared a video on Instagram about how God gave me a picture of a stream. All kinds of people were in this stream. And it was chaos. It was mayhem. And it was the mainstream. Mainstream media. Mainstream this. News source. That thing. Conversation. And then I saw a picture of somebody kneeling next to still waters under a tree planted by that still water. God leads us to still waters. That person had rest and peace. The invitation was to leave the mainstream. The invitation was to leave the mainstream and instead go to God for his wisdom and still waters that he brings. When you're thinking about getting your heart right and getting your heart pure, I heard the other day, forgiveness deals with the result of sin. But purification deals with the root of it. Cleansing, purifying, gets at the root of it. Holy Spirit is the living water. He will cleanse and purify your heart. He will make your intentions right. Even if your actions don't show all of the things that you know to be true from having a pure motive, pure heart, whether it's in your relationships, you know, romantically is the first thing that comes to mind for me. When dating my now wife, I remember God had to give me a pure heart. I didn't even know what that meant. My actions showed that I still had this propensity to 
to see women a certain way, but my heart was different after an encounter I had with him. And so it was strange because my behaviors were lagging. And this is why it's important. That's why I shared that story about the woman sleeping who was really praying. My behaviors were lagging, my intentions. God had purified me, but I was still figuring out how to live from that place of having a pure heart. That happens. And it takes people who are in the presence of God, gathering that discernment of God to be able to see those people who are struggling in their actions, but have that pure motivation. It takes those people to be able to look at them, to call it out and say, I see who you truly are. I know this is not you. I know your actions do not show who you truly are in your heart. It takes those people, and we're missing those people in the world today. We're missing those people because everybody is living by that idea that you should trust actions more than anything. And meanwhile, you've got a lot of people in process of being sanctified who are just being accused of the identity they don't want to be rather than built up, strengthened as the person that God has designed them to be and is leading them to be. So it's super important that we get clear and pure in our own intentions. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm saying this is the process. I've worked the process. I've seen the process. I've lived the process. I've witnessed the process. I'm witnessing the process. Judgment is the first indication that people are not taking consideration of intention, of discernment of God's, of the discernment God has of the intention of our heart. If all we're doing is looking at action, if all we're doing is measuring a person we've never met or measuring ourselves by what we see, by what we know, then we are not living from a place where our heart is right, our attitude is right, seeking God's perspective first. So my encouragement to everybody listening, to everybody watching, live stream, not replay, whatever it might be. If you're listening, if you're watching, there's a reason. My encouragement to you is to let God do that discerning. My encouragement to you is to, as you're thinking about intentions, for, for the, first think about the, the motives of your heart the inner being. And in order to do that, come into his presence and ask him, Lord, search my heart. Lord, will you search my heart so that I may know what you see, not what I know? I really believe God wants to open some things up to people, but he's got to have the sturdy foundation. 
I can tell you with confidence, whether it's your relationships, I can tell you I just that's an easy one for people. So I use it as an example. It's one I've walked through. The really, really, really important. Your relationships, gosh, you want to have a great relationship in life? Man, that sturdy foundation is so vital, so necessary. Getting a pure heart, super important, not just for you, but for both people, especially in a marriage, especially in, a, in that commitment of covenant. And a lot of people discover this after they're married. And then it's a lot of groundwork to do. And then the people who are single are sitting there saying, I just want to be married, but they haven't even gone down the, the, the path of saying, well, what do I actually need to do in order to be the person that is ready to invite another person into my life? And I didn't know what I didn't know. So now I'm sharing you what you might not have known. And that is that your intentions, getting your heart right, is the most vital thing in your life. It is the most vital thing in your life. 